Turn with me in the scriptures, please, to Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke chapter 5, we're going to pray, we're going to release faith, and get on with receiving some more healings. That's right. It's a happening. Let's release faith for the utterance tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we submit this to you, asking for your will, asking for your direction. Lord, exactly that which pleases you, utterance for now and for the future. Lord, we, we desire your will, all of it, and we're willing as much as we know to make adjustments and to make changes. That which we've not seen, show us. That which we've not understood, reveal to us. Anything that you've shown us that we let get away, please remind us. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, but with your help, doers of the word. Get glory to yourself in our lives, we pray. In these churches, in our families, in our businesses, in every part. We say, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke, the fifth chapter and the 15th verse, Luke 5, 15, it says, So much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. What did they come to do? They came to hear, and as a result, they were healed. But they didn't come first to be healed. They came first to hear. Verse 17, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power was there. There to do what? To heal. To heal them. Now, you'd have to add to the scriptures to say that any of them were healed that day. But there was a man that was brought in from the outside. And they tore off the roof. You remember that? And let him down and he received the healing. But it didn't just say that the power of the Lord was present to heal a man that's about to come through the roof. Or a person that's about to come from the outside. The power of the Lord's present to heal who? Them. Plural. Them who? Well, them refers to the people that he just mentioned in the first part of the verse. On a certain day, they were what? Pharisees. Doctors of the law. And the power of the Lord was there to heal who? Pharisees and doctors of the law. And yet, like I said, we'd have to add to the scriptures to say that any of those Pharisees there that day are doctors of the law got healed because if you look at the rest of the story, they found fault in the man that did get healed. And they were against it. And they were opposed to it. But the power was there to heal them. 
whether they received it or not. That's right. Amen. We'll be talking about this more, I think, later. But, but go to the, uh, the sixth chapter, Luke 6 and 17. He came down, Jesus came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Zidon, which came to what? To hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So this wasn't just an isolated thing that happened of people coming to hear and then being healed. This is a recurring thing. It went on to say, and, verse 18, they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him. That's King James for the word power. There went power out of him and healed them all. But it started with him preaching and teaching and them hearing. Can you see this? And then there was healing and there was deliverance, whether it was a physical thing or a mental or emotional or spiritual. There was healing, there was deliverance, and there was power. Everybody say power. Power Power went out of him and healed them all. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 4, you don't have to turn there, but we've looked at it repeatedly. Proverbs 4 and 10. He said, hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. Now, don't you notice the first part of the verse? What did he say? Hear. Hear, and then what? And receive my sayings. So receiving what he said is not automatic upon hearing it. Though you hear it, that doesn't mean you received it. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. Is it God's will that we have many years? It is. But do a lot of folks not attain unto a long life? Believers included, I'm saying. Yeah, many do not attain to 100 years, 100 plus, 120. Does that mean it wasn't God's will for them? If they didn't attain to it, it must not have been God's will. No, no. The Word of God reveals the will of God. Not somebody's experience or lack thereof. But just because something is the word of God doesn't mean we have to receive it. Just because something is the will of God doesn't mean we have to receive it. The power of the Lord was there, present, to heal them. Did they receive it? We got no reason to think that they did. They left fussing. And judging and trying to find fault with him and upset. That don't sound like receiving to me. But there was a man who couldn't get in but broke through the roof and he received. I said he received. He received. 
Hear my son and receive my sayings. And the years of your life shall be many. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Does this sound like receiving his words? If you're attending to his words, you're inclining your ear to his sayings, you're not letting them depart from your eyes, you're keeping them in the midst of your heart, sound like you received them. Their life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep reading. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Look with me in the book of Acts. I'm just going to read a few verses to you to establish a recurring phrase. Acts 2.41. Now we're a part of the same church as we're reading about in the book of Acts. Sometimes people say, well, you talk about the early church and and the modern church. Uh, There's no two or three churches. There's one. Hmm? And the way you get into church is you're born again. And uh, the book of Acts is actually still being written. The history and record of the church. It's called the Acts of the Apostles. But that's a title men gave to it. I think more accurate might be uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Because there were more people than apostles that God used. And on virtually every chapter, you're going to see something about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. But now notice how it says things were happening. There was preaching and teaching. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added about 3,000 souls. They receive the word of God. Acts 8.14. Acts 8.14. When the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John. How are they describing a successful ministry? They preached. They taught. God moved. But that's not the end of it. The people did what? They received the word of God. Acts 17 says it like this. Acts 17, 11, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they what? Received the word. With all readiness of mind. And searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so. They received the word of God. Now not everybody did. In Acts 7.51, he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart to the people that were obviously not receiving. You do always what? Resist the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. The Amplified says, you are always actively resisting the Holy Spirit. Resisting. 
So obviously you can resist the Holy Spirit. What would be the opposite of resisting the Holy Spirit? Receiving the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we say yielding. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. The opposite of opposing or resisting. Two of the greatest things you could ever learn in life is what to resist and what to receive. I'm telling you. It sounds like a simple phrase. But there's all kind of folks receiving things they ought to be resisting. And resisting things they ought to be receiving. There's Christians all over the place resisting prosperity. Ignorant. Why would you want to resist getting your bills paid? Getting in the best shape you've ever been in. Being able to be a blessing to more people than ever. Why would you fight that? There are people all over the place. Christians resisting healing. They resist it. There are people resisting being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Why would any intelligent person resist supernatural divine ability to pray out beyond your understanding and build yourself up on your most holy faith. Well, I just don't believe it's for everybody. You believe wrong. It's for everybody. This promise is to you and to your children. Everybody. You may all prophesy one by one. Well, now I know you're off. No, you don't. I'm not talking about foretelling the future. I'm not talking about being a, a, a prophet. We're talking about inspired utterance, both in an unknown tongue and a known tongue. This belongs to every believer. Every believer. But if you resist it, it's not going to happen. If you receive it and yield to it, there'll be a flow. This is true in every part of life. The Lord gave us this phrase in the beginning of this series. I want to read it to you again. Our entire life and eternity will be the result of what we do with his word. Our entire life and eternity is the result of whether we receive God's word and his spirit and his things or whether we Resist and refuse his word, the gospel, the truth, his Holy Spirit, the things of his spirit. Many have resisted him out of ignorance. They didn't know it was him. They weren't trying to be rebellious. They just were taught wrong. How many have a desire to never resist the Lord And to always resist the enemy. Do you have a desire for that? Pray it out loud with me. Father God. God, Open my eyes. eyes. Help me to see. see. What is the enemy. enemy? That I may resist it. it. And give no place to it. And help me to see what is you. What is your word. What is your Holy Spirit. That I never resist you. But that I always receive you. And that I always yield to you. This is my desire. This is my heart. This is my prayer. I ask it in Jesus name. Thank you Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. James said, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Is there a devil? Well, according to Jesus and the New Testament, the whole Bible, there is. And what are we to do with the enemy? Didn't say be afraid of him. Everybody awake. And do not believe all the junk that comes out of Hollywood about the devil and demons. It's a bunch of junk. It's designed to put you in fear. It has virtually nothing in common with the truth. Are y'all with me, friends? Mm-mm. To the enlightened believer, you're not afraid of the devil. Demons are afraid of you. <laughs> you find out who you are and who's in you and what the name of Jesus means and who the greater one living inside you is. And you realize who these fallen spirits are who've been stripped, Bible says brought to naught. When Jesus encountered these spirits called demons, they cried out. They pled with him. Don't hurt us. Have you come to torment? Is that right? Have you come to torment us before the time? The same spirit that was on the master is on us. And the authority he walked in has been given us in his mighty name. It's ridiculous. For children of God to be afraid of the devil or witchcraft or sorcery or anything that has to do with these things. You being afraid of it gives it power in your life. Fearing it would allow it to have an effect on you. Oh, but when you find out the truth, it makes you free. The truth makes you free. What are we supposed to do with the enemy? With the devil? Resist. Everybody say resist. Resist. What are we supposed to do with the Holy Spirit? Receive or or yield. Give place. Not resist. So can you see what I'm talking about? Two of the most important things we could ever learn in this life is what to resist and what to receive. The devil, one of his favorite things is to come and misrepresent himself as God or as an angel of God. The scripture says he transforms himself into an angel of light. He wants to try to trick you and I that something that he's saying and doing is God so that we won't resist it, we'll receive it. This is happening too many times. Oh, but when you resist him, having yielded yourself to God, And resist the devil. What's the rest of the verse say? Resist the devil and? He will what? Didn't say a terrible fight would follow. A long protracted struggle. What did it say? Didn't even say he said okay. All right. Okay. And slowly walk away. No. He will flee. Flee. Is getting a move on. Flee is getting up and getting out of here quick. Why? Because you have found out who you are and what you have. 
And it's not just that he's afraid of you or will run away from you personally, but it's a matter of who's in you. And that name that you have found out about. Said out loud, I yield to God. I yield to his spirit. I receive his word. And I resist the devil. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look in 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. You believing with me for utterance? Please do. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. He said, for this cause, we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, what did they do? They received the word of God. You received it not as the word of men, but, in other words, but you received it, how? As it is in truth, the word of God. You received it as the word of God, and he said, it truly is the word of God. It really is the word of God. And because you received it, and because you received it as the word of God, what's going on? It effectually works also in you that believes. The word is working effectively, we'd say, in you. Why? Because you received it. And because you received it with honor and respect as the word of God. You received it in faith. Let me read some other translations of this, please. The New American Standard says, We constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is. The word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. What work? Well, whatever the word was about. If the word was about prayer, if the word was about tithing, if the word was about healing, if the word was about love, word was about joy, peace, well, whatever that word was, that will work in you and I if and when we receive it. Then the word of the Lord on peace, then peace will be working us. The word of the Lord on faith, faith will be working in us. The word of the Lord on healing or deliverance, that'll be working in us. If you receive the word. Isn't that what happened when they came to hear him and then were healed? They received the word. Now see some of the, like the scribes and Pharisees, many of them did not receive it. They said, no, he's off, he's in error. They didn't acknowledge him as the Messiah. They didn't uh, receive that he, God is speaking through him. And so they didn't benefit from it. It's not working in them. But to those that did receive, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. To them who did receive the word as the word of God, it's working in them powerfully. Some people think that lack of results proves their conviction that all of this is just a bunch of junk. There's nothing to it. 
But all it proves is their lack of faith. Hmm? And the reality that if you resist the word of God, you get nothing. Believe and receive and be blessed. Doubt and do without. (laughs) Be depressed, yeah. Be upset. But it doesn't prove that God's not real. It doesn't prove that it's not his will for these things to happen. It just proves you don't believe. You didn't receive. Let me read it from the the Weiss translation. He said, when you received it as the word of God, God's word, which is being constantly set in operation in you who believe. Hallelujah. The BBE, the basic English says, you took it not as the word of man, but as it truly is the word of God, which has living power in you who have faith. Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing, but the word that I speak to you. Hallelujah. What is it? It's spirit and it's life. Hallelujah. A lot of folks can't figure out why people like us get so excited. They're like, when they carry on, is it really necessary to carry on like that? I don't know about necessary, but. If you get a hold of a live wire, you don't just stand there and go, this has got a lot of voltage in it. (laughs) Depending on how much current we're talking about, you will become animated. I said, you will become animated, won't you? God's word. Not one word of God is void of power or incapable of being fulfilled. Oh, the word of God is quick and quickening and powerful. It's alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul and joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God created everything you see. Hallelujah. And now all things are being continuously upheld by the Word of His power. This is something we need to think more about. People want to, they have theories, godless theories, that the universe sprang into existence by itself. It is self generated. That's not science. That's a theory. That's a belief. Are you with me? Don't let somebody sell you something as science that is completely unfounded and unproven. Science is something that's real. Something that's proven. A theory, if it was proven, would no longer be a theory. (laughs) Not only did something cause the worlds to be framed, the stars to be born, the universe to expand and continue. Something is holding it together every millisecond. What, the scripture says, all things 
are upheld by the word of his power. Causes gravity. The rotation of the planets. The burning of the stars. We're talking about power we can't even begin to compute. And if you believe the Bible, which I am glad I do, it's not a mystery. It's amazing, but it's not a mystery. The Bible said all things are upheld by the word of his power. And our entire life, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's fulfilling his plan or whether it's a failure and eternity beyond this life, all of it is going to, is and is going to be the result of our response to his word. When you believed the good news that Jesus took your sins and paid the price for you and was raised from the dead, when you believed that word and received that word, the power of that word caused you to be born again. Power was released and manifested. Come on, can you see this? Now, now here, it wasn't just the word that did it. It was you believing and receiving the word that allowed that power that had already been there to be released in you. So when these folks came to hear and wound up getting healed, what's going on? When Jesus was in the house preaching, even with the Pharisees and doctors of the law, while he's preaching and teaching, what's happening? The word's going out. And what was going on? The power was present. Even though none of it was being manifested. No demonstrations of power. No power being released because no power being received. Until one guy gets tired of nothing happening. And decides he's not going to be held back by anybody's unbelief. Or anybody's theories. Hmm? No matter how many degrees they have. He came with the help of his friends. And got in there in front of Jesus. Because he believed that word. He believed it was not just the ramblings of a confused rabbi. Carpenter's son. He believed these are the words of God. These are the words of the one who created the heavens and the earth. He believes if I can get in there and receive this, what people say could not happen can happen in my life. I don't have to remain paralyzed. I can be healed. I can live. I can walk. If you believe it's impossible, then for you it is impossible. And it's not going to happen. But if you believe the word of God is quick and alive and nothing's too hard for the Lord. Then for you, all things become possible. Somebody say, I believe. I believe. He said, and because you believed, that word has living power working in you. It's working effectively in you. Powerfully in you. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. And take heed how you hear. For with the measure you meet, 
it'll be measured to you again. If you hear it, you don't believe it, you don't respect it, nothing's going to happen in you from it. Nothing's going to come out of it into you. And you can think, well, see there, there was nothing to that. Oh, there's something to it. Go with me to Mark 5, please. Mark 5. The Bible said that there would be those in the last days that would have a form of godliness, but they would do what? They deny what? The power. They'd have a problem with the power. (laughs) They deny it. Even if they hear about it and see it, they're going to deny it. And just a couple of verses later, it talks about people resisting the truth. Resisting the truth and denying the power. Now, if you grew up in church at all, and depending on where and how, you probably have resisted some truth. Hmm? Because of things you were taught, things you heard, things you didn't know. And the first time, think about it now, some things you're enjoying today that have made a huge difference in your life, was there a time, first time you heard it, you didn't receive it? Hmm? And are there situations where you could have been enjoying some things years earlier if you'd received it earlier? But it didn't work in you then because you didn't receive it. You thought, I don't know about that. No, that sounds strange to me. That talking in tongues, whew, ah. Stay away from that. All that prosperity bunch, that's just a bunch of money hungry preachers trying to get money out of you. Well, there are some. But there's some money hungry folks that sit in the seat too. (laughs) That do shady things, right? I'm not saying either one of them is okay, but does it do away with the real? Does it change the truth? All that healing you know, had people try to say, well, prove to me that anybody get healed. Well, we've got stacks of testimonies. You hear about them all the time. But it's not my job to prove that to you. You either believe it or you don't. And if you don't, it's going to hurt you. Not me. I believe it. <laughs> and the people that are receiving, not hurting them, they receive it. Ah, you want to not be hard with the Lord. You want to be soft, tenderhearted, quick to believe, quick to receive, quick to yield. (laughs) Did you go to Mark 5? Mark 5, I believe 24 is where we need to start. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Mark 5, 24. Jesus went with him. And a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as almost to suffocate him. This is the Amplified bringing out more of the meaning of what it means to press. People, this you've been uh, in a crowd that there are too many people in one place. And they're pushing on each other and there's not enough room. That's what was going on with Jesus. And there was a woman. 
who had a flow of blood for 12 years. We'd call it a, a hemorrhage. She's bleeding and didn't stop bleeding for 12 years. She had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. Now, of course, medicine back then wasn't what it is now. And even medicine today, if the Lord tears is coming, is not what it's going to be. I pray for doctors. I pray for researchers. For the knowledge. Right? The understanding. But that medicine is not a replacement for the healing power of God. It's merely a natural assist. The best surgeon in the world can do a perfect surgery on you. And that does not heal you at all. That does not heal you at all. Once the surgery is done, now you need to heal. Right? Man does not heal. But she had endured for 12 years and spent all her money. You know, this is the devil stealing your money. Right? And your time. Having to spend half of every day in the doctor's office. Hmm? That's not the perfect will of God. We thank God for doctors and nurses that can help, but there's bigger. There's better. Y'all with me, friends? And it's not an either or. You use your faith. Hmm? Be led about what to do every day in every situation. Verse 27. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. Oh, here's the beginning of the miracle. What happened? She heard. She heard. And she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. Now, without saying it, she must have received what she heard. If she didn't receive it, if she didn't believe it, she wouldn't have acted like this. She would not have tried to get to him. What would have been the use? She came, go back to verse 27. She came up behind him in the throng and she did what? Touched his garment. She kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. This is very positive. Did you notice there's not a bunch of contingencies and plan B's? The if refers to her touching. If she can just get to him and touch. And if and when she does... What she says is going to happen? I'll be restored to health. Well, yeah, but uh, dear, what if it's not the will of God? Apparently she didn't know that. Thank God nobody had gotten to her to plant that question in her mind. If I touch, I'm going to be healed. And she kept saying it. I'll be healed. I'll be healed. As soon as I touch, I'll be healed. If I can just touch, I'm going to be healed. So in her weakened condition, she braves the strong. And she pushes and I don't know what she had to do, but she got to him. And she touched him, verse 29. And immediately, wow, after 12 years, immediately her flow of blood, her hemorrhage, her bleeding was dried up at the source. 
This is not something a man did. This is not something a machine did. Or a procedure. Or a medication. How many believe this happened? Did this happen or not? If you believe the Bible. Suddenly. Immediately. It was dried up at the source. And suddenly she felt in her body. That she was healed of her distressing ailment. She knew it. She could feel it. She felt it when she quit bleeding. She felt it when that part of her body that had been hemorrhaging was healed and restored. She felt it. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. This is healing. Is Jesus the same yesterday and today and forever? Is God still the great I am the Lord that heals you? He is. He never changes. Keep reading. Jesus recognizing in himself, the others say perceiving, that power proceeding from him had gone forth. Turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? The disciples kept saying to him, Master, what do you mean who touched you? You see this crowd, there's probably 300 people's touched you the last 100 yards. What do you mean somebody touched you? People are pressing hard around you, touching from all sides. And you ask, who touched me? They didn't understand. He kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done for her, Though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now, she did not respond at first. While he said, who touched me? She faded into the back. He's looking around, who touched me? Who touched me? People are shaking their heads. She didn't come forward. And uh, I don't know what she thought. Maybe she thought, you know, I didn't even ask if it'd be okay to take this healing. I just came and took a healing. What if he wants it back? Until you get past this question of it might not be his will, you cannot have faith to be healed. Faith begins where the will of God is known. No. But she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has restored you to health. Go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your disease. That sounds like you're not going to have trouble with this ever again. Glory to God. What healed her? We know there was healing power. But Jesus didn't emphasize the power. He was aware That power flowed through him. She was aware power flowed into her. And then aware of what it did. She could feel it in her body. When those organs or whatever part healed and quit bleeding. And yet he puts the emphasis on her faith. He said your faith has made you whole. Is this the only time we see this in the gospel accounts? 
No, you see it repeatedly. Your faith has saved you. According as you believed, so be it done unto you. Your faith has made you whole. I can think of three other times right now. The exact same phrase. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Why wouldn't he say the power made you whole? Why wouldn't he say God made you whole? Why wouldn't he say rejoice, sister? It was the will of God this time. Because the determining factor was not God's will. It was not the power. It was her faith. And this is so obvious because throngs of people are touching him. Well, when did the power get there? Did the power just show up? When she touched him? Or the scripture said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Had the anointing been on him ever since he was baptized in the river Jordan and the Spirit of God came on him and stayed on him. Well then why isn't healing power flowing to all these people? That are touching him. Because people are touching him. People are touching him. Why? The power of the Lord was present. In that room where Jesus is teaching and preaching. But nobody's being healed. Until. Guy comes in from the outside. And what's the first thing Jesus said to that man. When they tore off the roof. And they let him down. He said Jesus saw their faith. Religion has wanted to ignore this or change it or do away with it. But Jesus said the determining factor is our faith. Why? Our faith is the receiver. Our faith is the conductor. We see something that's as real as electricity. Don't we? This woman felt something come into her. Did she or no? Jesus perceived something went out of him. What is it? Power. Power of God. Manifestation of the Holy Spirit. There are more than one way to say the same thing. But the power of God. Why didn't these other people, why weren't people just falling out under the power healed all over the place when, as Jesus walked through the crowd, why weren't, why wasn't the power of God just laying everybody out? Why? Some people say, well, it wasn't the will of God. Where do you get that? If that's true, then Jesus would have said something like, rejoice, sister, it was the will of God. Because that would have been why it happened for her and not to all these other people. Didn't say that. Why? They're touching by accident. They're touching out of curiosity. But she came and touched in faith. Because she kept saying, when I touch, I shall be made whole. I will be. I shall be. If I can just touch. So I'm going to touch. And when soon as she touched. 
the power flowed into her. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's back up a little bit. It's the power of God that saves us, heals us, delivers us, does miracles. But that power is not manifested just indiscriminately or for some mysterious reason that nobody can figure out. The power flows in response to faith. And faith comes from receiving the Word of God. Come on, can you see this? This is not imagination. This is real. This is real. Can anybody here testify, you know that you have been born again? You know you've been born again. Do you know it or not? Was there any power involved in you being born again? Oh, yes, there is. Why did you get born again when and where you did? Was it because the Lord wasn't ready for you to be born again the day before or the week before or a year before? Why? Why did you get born again when you got born again? Because it was at that place and at that time that you received the word of God and you believed the word of God and you acted on the word of God. And when you did that, your faith conducted the power of God. Just like electricity is conducted. Notice this begin to be even more clear. Look over with me, please. In the uh, Mark 10, Matthew 10, Matthew 10, I perceive we are on the verge of many more pops. <laughs> if you hadn't been here, you don't know what that is, but the, the Lord told us there would be people being healed like popcorn popping. We've already had some. Much of the church world thinks They're waiting on God. If it's his will. How many millions of church going people believe that? That he could do it. If it's his will. Well how are we going to know it's his will? Well we'll pray. And if it happens it must have been his will. And if it didn't happen it must not have been his will. So that's people ascertaining the will of God. By experience in this life or lack thereof. Completely ignoring the word of God. You don't ascertain the will of God. By experience or lack of. His word. Reveals his will. That's unchanging. Faith. Is a conductor. Of the power of God. Just like a wire is a conductor of electricity. There are some things that conduct electricity and conduct it really well. You know what a good conductor is? Something that has low resistance. Is that right? Some objects have high resistance. So the electricity won't flow through them. It'll flow to them and won't flow through them. Hmm? Wood is not a good conductor. Rubber is not a good conductor. Electricity will flow to it. Won't flow through it. Oh, but silver. 
copper, gold, has low resistance. And when the electricity comes to it, it just, it has some, but it flows right through it. Flows through. People were touching Jesus, but there's no flow. Why? It's like taking a dry block of wood and pushing it up against the electric wire. There's no power there. Oh, there sure is. There's nothing there. I don't feel a thing. Oh, it's there. How many believe there's power running in these walls and in these ceiling? And we see evidence of it with the lights, but why isn't it just arcing and cracking all over your chair? And, huh? There has to be that which will conduct it, a conduit. So no manifestation of power, no manifestation, though throngs, all kind of people touching, touching, rubbing up against, pushing up against, reaching out, touching in curiosity or unbelief. I'll try it. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't feel a thing. Ain't nothing there. Do you know who we're talking about, saints? We're talking about people touching Jesus and feeling nothing. Is it true or not? We're talking about people sitting in the same room with Jesus, preaching and teaching powerfully and getting nothing, rejecting the message, the power to be healed, being right there in the room and getting none of it. This is reality. Men have invented things, trying to make it all up to God. But the natural is a reflection of the spirit. Everything that's in the natural came out of the spirit, is patterned after reality in the spirit. Electricity was here a long time before Ben Franklin flew his kite. It was here. Is that right? But it's not lighting anybody's homes. It's not cooking anybody's food. It's not blow-drying anybody's hair until people learned how to conduct it, to allow it to flow and do work. They could not say, thank God, the Lord decided to manifest electricity. No, he hadn't changed. He doesn't need to change. It's always been there. And any time the word of God is proclaimed or taught in faith at the direction of the Holy Spirit, the power is present. To be born again, to be healed, filled, delivered, blessed, enlightened, whatever that word contains, the power is there. If you hear it as the words of men and are bored and don't care, it's like a dry block of wood pushing up at nothing. No flow, nothing. Ah, but if you sit there and go, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. I believe this. I believe this. You'll start having some sparks. Some arcing coming over. 
I re- see, the more unbelief, faith is a receiver. Doubt is a resistor. We don't want to be insulated from the power of God by doubt and unbelief. So that even though it's all around us, we perceive none of it. We want to be conductors of the power of God. For the power of God to flow in us, to us, and through us. Can you say amen? Amen. Paul said, my preaching and teaching wasn't, when he said to the saints at Corinth, when I came to you, it wasn't with enticing of words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the power of God, right? And the spirit. And he said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, somebody say, I have faith. I have faith in the power of God. Have faith in the power of God. That's what this woman. Now this woman with the issue of blood. She didn't know this is the Messiah. She didn't know this is God manifested in the flesh. No, no, no. She heard about people being healed in the ministry. She might think he's a prophet. She must think more than just a man is going on here. God is doing something. This is real. She believed it. And though all that touching was going on and nothing happening, she came and touched. And it arced. Just like flipping on the switch. The power was there all the time. But when she touched in faith, her faith conducted The power of God flowed into her and healed her. Hallelujah. Is this still true today? Is this so today? Look in this place in Matthew, please. Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Jesus said to those he sent out. He said, when you come to a house, verse 12, Matthew 10, 12, salute it. If you look at uh, Luke's account, he said, say, peace be to this house. And if the house be worthy, or as Luke says, if the son of peace be there, let your peace come upon it. And if it be not worthy, let your peace Do what? Do what? Return Return to you. And what's the very next verse? Verse 14. And whosoever shall what? Not receive you. Nor hear your words. When you depart out of that house or city. Shake off the dust of your feet. Man this is a graphic example of this. He said when you come into a place. And people. Uh. They didn't have hotels like they do today and restaurants. So people stayed in, people, in folks' houses. And so if somebody, he said, if somebody's going to receive you and say you, my disciples that I've sent out, can stay in their house, sleep there, eat there, then you don't just go in there unappreciatively. You go in there and by my direction, 
you say, peace be on this house. How many understand? This is not just a greeting. This is a release of power. Peace. And if you were a person like these folks that knew something about the Old Testament, you're talking about shalom, which is not just a comfortable feeling. Shalom would make you rich. Shalom would protect you. Peace be on this whole household. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing com- be whole. Be complete. What did Jesus tell that woman with the issue of blood? Go in peace and be whole. And what did he tell them is going to happen? If a son of peace is there, what is a son of peace? I think you could say it like this. Somebody who's receptive to it. To peace. Who believes in it. Who respects it. If they are, what will happen? It will come on them. This happens every time we have an offering. We speak the blessing over you guys. Hmm? If... You respect it, you believe it, you receive it, it'll come on you, stay on you, work in you, work for you. If not, it'll come right back, right back. He said to you when you speak it, it'll come right back to you. Does this sound like electricity? Because it's real. All Whether you're talking about heat or you're talking about light or you're talking about any different form of power. The principles are the same. These things flow where they're conducted, where they are received. I remember Brother Hagin working with him in healing school. The Lord appeared to him and laid his hands on him. (laughs) This is something. And he said when he did, he put his finger in his hands and said, I've called you, given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. He said, uh, this won't work. This is the head of the church talking. This won't work unless you tell the people. What do you mean? The Lord can give you something spectacular and it won't work? What? Unless you tell the people. Why do you need to tell them? So they can hear. So they can have faith, because if you don't, nothing to conduct the power. Even though the power's there, there won't be any conduction of it or reception of it. And I've been in the healing line with him many times. And I've heard him say this over and over again. I think a lot of times he'd say it, it wasn't even coming out of his mind. He'd lay hands on people. A lot of times he'd say, now receive that. No, no, it came right back out of you. It went in you, came right back out. Anybody know what I, have you ever heard Brother Hagin say that if you're around his ministry? I've heard him say that scores and scores of times. That went into you, came right back out. And yet, the dear one, they're not trying to be stubborn necessarily, but people have not been taught to yield. And they've not been taught that you're even supposed to be receiving. And it's not a matter of falling. Falling doesn't heal you. If falling would heal you, all we got to do is go get everybody to fall and they'd be healed. (laughs) 
And yet, if you receive the power of God and you fall over, well, that's fine too. But it's not about falling. What it is about is not being analytical. You don't receive God with your intellect. This has got nothing to do. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not understanding. Faith has nothing to do with reasoning. Faith is of the heart. It's a choice to believe, to respect it, to receive it. And the moment you do that, it's like turning the electric switch on. The power flows unimpeded. But if you're scared, you don't know if you believe it or not, there's resistance. There's resistance. And a lot of times, if people sense the power of God, it startles them and they go, and so they resist. People being filled with the Holy Spirit, same thing. He tells of laying hands on people to be filled with the Spirit. And one case, they didn't speak with tongues and And he said, now when I prayed for you, did you sense the anointing come on you? Yeah, yeah. Did something stir in you to prompt you to say something that wasn't English? He said, all I could do to keep from it. (laughs) He said, you're not supposed to keep from it. You're supposed to yield to it. And people say, well, I I, I don't want it to be me doing it. It's going to be you receiving. (laughs) It's going to be you yielding. So I want to be the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit. See, wrong thinking. <laughs> the Lord's not going to make you speak in tongues. You have to yield. When the anointing comes on you, utterance prompts you, you have to speak. Just like you speak when you're speaking in English or your known language. You have to use your lips, you have to use your vocal cords and your, your tongue. The difference is, it's not coming out of your head, it's coming out of here. But if you yield, there will be a flow. Can you say amen? amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Hallelujah. Faith is a receiver. The power of God is real. Faith is the conductor of the power of God. There is something now that has been discovered long ago, but it's called superconductors. And uh, a superconductor is a phenomenon that if a certain material at a certain temperature, there is zero resistance. How many would like to be a (laughs) superconductor? A good conductor is low resistance. A superconductor is no resistance. If it's God, why in the world would we be resisting him? Right? If it's his word, what would be our hesitation in receiving it and believing it? If it's his spirit, what would be our, our slowness, our hesitation, reluctance, All these things are manifestations of fear, uncertainty, and that constitutes resistance, not receiving. Oh, but when you forget about all that, you quiet your mind, you stop fearing, you stop doubting, you stop trying to figure it out, and you just believe 
that you receive. And by faith, hallelujah, when you do that, there's a flow. I said there's a flow. There is a flow. Praise God. Praise God. If you believe you're ready to receive right now, stand on your feet. Just stand right up. You believe you're ready to receive a a healing or a deliverance? Something specific, not just general now. Something specific. You're ready to receive. You believe that healing power could flow into you right now. Glory to God. For a healing or for a deliverance, a getting free. You have faith in the power of God. You believe that you could quiet your mind and believe you receive right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, guys. Play softly. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, those of you in the congregation, just stand and reach your hands out toward these. Now, when we lay hands on you, don't try to think. Don't try to quote scriptures. You're just turning the switch of faith on, and you are believing that you receive. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, receive. In the name of De Christi, Igienoste, receive. Receive in Jesus' name. Believe that you receive. Receive, receive. Receive in Jesus' name. Receive in Jah. Ye show ya. Ye show ya. Receive in the receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the nombre de asoto. Ile crevati anamos and a jati. Rikaos. 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 Receive. Believe that you receive. Riga de gorse. Non de bremasi. No time for thinking. Just believe you receive. Nombre atesi. Ile cremante. Ele freante. Eh, hey, 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 Receive in the in the name of Jesus, believe that you receive. Ontepoenos, ontepoenos, ontepoenos. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. Believe you receive. 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 Nembre asso, embre asso, embre asso, embre asso, embre asso. In the name. In the name of Yeshua, Yeshua, Yesu Badone, Eson Badone, in the name of Jesus. Just believe that you receive. Be completely healed in Jesus' name. Receive. That's it, that's it, that's it. Nombre, Esade, Escache, Ishte, Odunye, in the name of Jesus, believe that you receive. Believe, believe. Believe that you receive. That's it. That's it. Just believe you receive in the name of Jesus. Nom, nombre, neanchesto, ile preatos, ile preatos, 
Ile preaptos. In the name of Jesus, believe you receive. Receive, receive, receive. That's it. Re- receive in a, in a name, in a grace. Day. Receive, receive, receive. Receive in the name. Re- receive in the name of Jesus. Just believe you receive. In in a creoso, in a creoso, in a creoso, in a in a in a in a in a in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in a crosto, in a crosto, in a crosto. Be healed in Jesus' name. Believe you receive. Believe healing power comes into you. Believe the anointing comes into you right now. Right now, right now, right now, in the name of the Master. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Aha, aha, aha. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Believe that you receive it. That the power comes into you right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Believe that you receive healing power, delivering power. Believe that you receive. Believe that you believe that you receive. Be healed. Be restored. Be completely loosed in Jesus' name. In the name, in the name, Yeshua. In the name, 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 in the name. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed, be healed, be healed. Believe that you receive in Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.